Before we get started, here's a quick message from our sponsor, Content Square. How do you create digital experiences that keep visitors engaged all the way to conversion? By analyzing every click, tap, scroll, and swipe, and turning these insights into profitable actions. Content Square is a digital insights platform that helps businesses understand how and why users are interacting with their app, mobile, and websites. Trusted by leading fashion and luxury retailers worldwide, they have helped hundreds of teams accelerate their reactivity and boost ROI with smart, instant UX insights. Learn more at contentsquare.com. Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host, Hilary Milnes, and today's guest is Carla Gallardo, the co-founder and CEO of Kiana. In this episode, Carla discussed building a billion-dollar brand, Kiana's content strategy, and why the company's North Star is profitability. Hope you enjoy it. Carla. Thank you, Hillary. Nice to see you again. You too. So you're fresh off the, off the plane. Uh, tell us, Kiana's based in San Francisco. Is that right? Yeah, that's so correct. You actually have a tech background. When you started the company, you were coming off of a, a stint at Apple. Yeah, so. a little stint at Apple. So, <laughs> so tell us about your background before you started the company, which was about... Um, what year is it? Eight years. So that was 2011. Yep, 2011. Mm-hmm. So how did you make that make that jump into Kiana Designs handbags, accessories from a sustainable, simplistic design approach? Yeah. Um, well, it's it's a long story, but I'll try to make it short. Um, I was raised in Ecuador and moved to the U.S. Um, for college, and I uh, loved math, but in the in 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 my personal time, I loved fashion. And mm-hmm. um, fast forward to when I graduated, I ended up in Wall Street. Uh, working in uh, Goldman Sachs doing banking but my true passion and my heart really was um, number one uh, in the fashion industry uh, and number two um, I always saw myself in a job that um, impacted the bottom line in a stronger way than mm-hmm. the job that I was doing there and mm-hmm. um, although my job at Goldman was really incredible and set the foundation for who I am today as a businesswoman um, I knew it was not going to be what I was going to be doing for the long term um, and I had this idea about of Kuyana in two 2001 when I moved to the U.S. and I can tell you more about that. But fast forward and how did I end up uh, leaving Goldman was uh, because I, I just decided it was time. Um, I had finished my three years as an analyst there. Um, I uh, I had applied to business school and I wanted to go uh, back to school and learn all the fundamentals of how to build a business so that I could put this idea to work and start Kuyana. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took a little stint at Apple because I'd never worked uh, in, in an e-commerce uh, business before. And mm-hmm. I knew Kuyana was going to be a primarily online. And I really wanted to see um, that set up in practicality and how it's managed before yeah. starting. Yeah. What did you learn from Apple about how to run an e-commerce business? Oh, I learned a <laughs> lot. You know, the interesting thing about Apple is that um, e-commerce is not their primary channel mm-hmm. retail is. Mm-hmm. But um, but I learned what is important, what to look at when managing an online business. And I had I was really fortunate to work uh, in a role that was really close to the head of the online store back then. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to see how she managed, you know, marketing, logistics, just everything and how that came together with the retail channel. And so, you know, and, and that really ends up being what we are doing at Kuyana, mm-hmm. uh, except that online is the primary channel. Right. It started online. Yeah. And you have a few stores 
now, but but we'll get we'll get to that. So, how did you so in, in starting the business in San Francisco? How did you sort of pull in the design element? Obviously, you had the business background, even some of the tech background, and you're you're kind of in that San Francisco setting. How did you sort of make sure it was a f- like feeling very design first at the same time? Oh, definitely. So, I guess there are two aspects of design uh, at Kuyana: the the product design and also the creative design that uh, create that that basically is the um, the manifestation of the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's the graphic design, the art direction. And so first for the product design, um, we but that's the part where uh, where we went really scrappy. And um, I downplay a little bit my passion for fashion. But um, since I was a kid, I used to make my own clothes with a seamstress in Ecuador. I really mm-hmm. had a true passion and dedication to making my own clothes. Mm-hmm. And although I wasn't a trained designer, um, I had the eye for that um, aesthetic. That is the Kuyana aesthetic. And mm-hmm. so for the first few years, um, I co-designed the products with our factories uh, and the owners of our factories who are... Uh, you know, families that have owned uh, legacy factories in different countries in the world and who really helped put together these these, these products with a clean aesthetic, but um, mm-hmm. functionality that um, that was uh, devoted to women's lives. Um, so that in terms of product, and then t- you know, a couple years later, when we were able to afford uh, an actual uh, product designer, we started to 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 bring that in house mm-hmm. um, and hire for that. And then on the other side, the graphic design that is where we spent our dollars um, because uh, neither me or Shilpa, who's my who's the, my my co-founder at Kuyana, uh, we we did not have that. And so most of our budget was actually dedicated to the art direction, photography and graphic design that would basically create this feeling of the Kuyana brand on the digital experience that we launched. Yeah, I think that says a lot, too, about modern brands, what customers are looking for, essentially that you felt you needed to put a lot of the resources into just how the how it came across, how it appeared, that branding, as well as the, the product. But you were able to kind of outsource that at least for some time. How would you sort of play play back that decision and, and, and how, you know, the the foot that you're putting forward as a digital site is like almost on equal footing as the product itself today. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the look and feel and, and you know, that that's that that's why we are we're building a brand, right? And and how a customer looks uh, sorry, the look and feel of the brand and, and how we create that experience for the customer is key throughout that purchasing process. Um, and then the product is incredibly important too. And so we always say product first, but how we sell the product is as important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, if I would were to rethink how we spent our dollars, I would still do it the same way because at the very beginning, um, you have to make choices of where you put your dollars. And I, I think I felt confident enough with um, with with uh, with what I my ability to drive design and with the with the uh, with the craftsmen that I was working with mm-hmm. and, and their ability yeah. uh, and I knew I could do that for a few years until uh, it was time to start investing dollars there right, right. and and you you said it it was pretty scrappy so have you guys ra- uh, raised outside funding or. How yeah, interestingly <laughs> enough, <laughs> uh-huh. it's good we, we're talking this uh, this week, but we we, we will be announcing uh, tomorrow um, that we've raised a Series C uh-huh. round of financing. Um, we've raised funding throughout the time of Kuyana, but I, I have to make the note that we've done it in a very minimal way. Mm-hmm. Um, our philosophy with fewer better and what we sell to the customers actually um, very much reflected in, in how the business is run. Mm-hmm. We um, the, the 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 north star for Kuyana has always been um, to build a true, real, profitable brand. Mm-hmm. And so we've kept fundraising to a minimum, um, despite uh, the tremendous growth that we've that we've uh, that we've undergone through the 
through through time. Right, and I'm sure it's it's tempting knowing that like there's there's money on the table for consumer brands like like yours. It's the the thought of you know wanting to to grow the brand in a certain way and profit and so so you guys are profitable yes so yes it's like that's that's a choice essentially because you could sort of think like oh we'll we'll push that off a few years down the line and we'll raise money and and we'll you know have this incredible growth but then that that changes the the landscape of the business in the the trajectory forward and so how would you say like introducing that that type of capital and now like how do you make different decisions than you would have if you had accepted it you know, a few years ago, like or like a, a bigger lump sum, like right out of the gate. Oh yeah, well we're we're using the capital to do what we do really well and just mm-hmm. do more of it. Yeah, um, and I think that you know the advantage of doing it this way is that we've proven we can make product. We've proven we can scale a supply chain. We've proven that our that customers really want to buy our products without any incentives and they'll come back and repeat in an incredibly healthy way. Mm-hmm. We've proven that, um, you know, for the first purchase is profitable um, at Quiana. And mm-hmm. so and we've proven also the retail channel as, 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 as our not our primary channel, but but as our secondary channel and then the channel that we can grow and scale really profitably. Right. And so now that we've gotten here, um, it's a good time to accept um, capital so that we can do what we do really well and just do it really well. I think taking capital earlier to perhaps, um, you know, and, and, and we, we, we've, we've seen this a lot, but take capital into to just fuel growth, meaning spend it all on marketing. Um, it, it, many brands, you know, just um, may lose some control uh, and their customer acquisition costs goes up and mm-hmm. then then. Uh, bringing that back to a profitable model is incredibly hard. Right. Uh, and so we've been incredibly disciplined from the very beginning to be able to build this in a way that's sustainable so that when, you know, when we get cash injections, it's to do what we do really well and just mm-hmm. do it, do more of it. Right. It's to augment it, not get it to that next level in the first place. Yes. So how do you go, like, what was the, the Kiana approach to customer acquisition, like you said, you had to figure out, you know, where you, you, you had the money you had and you had to figure out where it would be the best to put it. What channels have worked the best, um, you know, not just from a growth standpoint, but like an ROI standpoint, like you felt like this is a, a good use of, of the, that capital. Yeah. So our primary channels through which we acquire customers are um, social mm-hmm. um, and retail. And we also spend some money on paid and paid for us is adverti- digital advertising and catalog. Mm-hmm. But that is a, a small part of, um, of, of, of the other, uh, of the, the total. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why um, social and retail work so well for us and are so um, effective is because our customer is doing a lot of the work for us. Um, and so back to the beginning of our conversations, by creating really great product and an experience that's really amazing, those two things um, create incredible customer loyalty. And so once our customer um, becomes a Kuyana customer or even a fan, uh, they just keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And the way that our brand is uh, presented to the customers is that we don't push our brand. Uh, we don't push our product. We we are a brand that's really about the philosophy of fewer better, and our job is to curate the best products and present them to women um, that are busy, that you know are on the go, and that need versatility and 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 that um, that that. Um, shine when they feel confident mm-hmm. uh, and we present those products and we give enough information so that she can select what she wants and what will make her feel great and then when she buys a product that she loves and she wears it every day then the rest is just magic uh, and that's what we've created with the Kuyana brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah it's, it's interesting when you think about the the fewer better philosophy because 
you know, brands traditionally it's better the more that people buy. And so if you're you're kind of going into this approach that you actually need fewer things, there'll be better things, they'll last longer. How how does the re- the repeat rate of the retention rate sort of match that whenever it's sort of built around like, you know, here are a few core products? Like how how do you see the the brand and the product and the design and the choice around like the merchandise curation all fitting together into this one? Yeah, it's, larger it's idea? pretty incredible. And and I think that that's that goes back to my comment of we don't push the brand mm-hmm. when she you know, when she buys a product that she loves so much, she's going to come back for more and um, she'll come back for more colors of the same product. She'll come back to gift that product to somebody else. She'll come back to, to see more or to purchase more of these essentials that are making her life mm-hmm. better. And so it's it actually works um, really, really well because um, our customer ends up being incredibly satisfied. Um, I think that um, the opposite, you know, the, the, the other way around this is pushing trends and that is um, short-term satisfaction. It's mm-hmm. like you know, having uh, I don't know, having a quick drink yeah. <laughs> at a party. Uh, it's uh, it, it creates a high at the moment, but then um, those products are really not used so much eventually, and then they just create stress. And I think that you know, when when we came to to the market with this concept um, in in loudly in 2013 but uh, earlier in 2011 a more quiet way it was really new and uh, and, and 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 customers weren't really uh, being pushed to, to, to purchase that way but now you're seeing a lot more uh, brands uh, f- following this concept which is really great and you know um, 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 people like Mary Kondo pushing this mm-hmm. more as a philosophy of life as well and just the concept of being surrounded by products that spark joy mm-hmm. uh, we believe all of Kuyana's products spark joy and right. so um, so it's really exciting to to see the world and, and particularly the US consumer uh, moving uh, towards um, this way of consuming because ultimately this this is really the most sustainable way of of of, of fashion right when you, yeah because i think we talk about sustainable fashion in a lot of different iterations and mm-hmm. what that could mean whether that's you know buying into the reselling ecosystem or circular fashion but this is sustainability in the way that you need to just buy less yeah. because the products are, are longer lasting it's not necessarily that they were made from hemp or you know it's, exactly. it's just like the, the, the long lasting longevity of the of the products themselves but do would you say so you're not pushing brand would you say you're pushing like a lifestyle or a mindset and how yes, does that exactly sort of trickle down yeah we're all about pushing this lifestyle and mindset mm-hmm. and um you know as we grow and, and and part of this new race that 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 um that we we just accepted we're really excited to to do even more mm-hmm. uh, and create more content and experiences around this philosophy yeah. um our first few years of Kiana were really focused on product and um, they were enveloped with this philosophy but our customer really wants to hear more and we have so much to share mm-hmm. um, that we're excited to 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 add more content to our brand in the near future yeah what type of content works I, I think we've seen brands it's it's funny because I think that content plays a really important role in all brand strategies today but how that plays out is really different like you know is it is it should it be paid? Do people actually want to come to a brand to just consume general lifestyle content? Like what is worth the the output 
in terms of what what customers get out of it. So how do you approach content in a way that you you think is worth the resources, worth the investment and actually makes an impact? I mean, you know, there's just so much content out there right now. It can kind of feel like just going into the void. Oh, definitely. I think really the key is for the content to be authentic to the brand and the product. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when when it's when it's content just for it to be content or a story and it's not as tightly linked to um, the brand or the product, then um, it's it just doesn't feel great, and and and, and the, even the longevity of that content it doesn't cause Im- as much impact. And um, when we think of, of of content, we there's so much we want to talk about to our customer that is actually going to be super helpful and informative to how they can live in this fewer better way. Um, we make products in the best factories around the world. We handpick each one of our materials. Um, there's a story behind each one of the raw materials. I mean, even, you know, alpaca is becoming, for example, a known uh, a, a product that's used more nowadays. Um, but um, the picking process of alpaca is a process that's done by hand. And the fibers are microfibers that are selected visually. And, you know, there's just so much story and um, and uh, substance to how our products are made, then all the way to how we design them, why we design them, the functionality piece and how we mix that with beauty so that uh, functionality is more of an undercover uh, piece of the overall design of our products that we that we sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all the way down to the lifestyle and how what is fewer better? How do we travel? How do we live? How do we? Um, yeah. How does does our home uh, look and feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all the way to what do we do with those products that may not have that joyful uh, or, or that may not spark joy, as Mary Kondo says. Um, that it's really all the way through, and it really ends up being part of our DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where our content actually really shines. And it's because um, you know we're not making it up just to create a marketing campaign. It really is um, us sharing more of how we're doing it, of just the philosophy. Of, of 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 this woman that we designed for, and and actually the philosophy that we live in. So, mm-hmm. uh, both Chilpa and I, founders, you know, the fear better is is who we are, mm-hmm. uh, and we we're 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 just excited to share more of it. We'll be right back. Want to know the ROI of that new product banner on your homepage? Looking to find out why a recently launched social campaign is not generating the expected revenue? And wouldn't it be great if you could show creative, branding, and even executive teams the impact of a new product video or seasonal campaign in just one click? You can. Content Square is a digital insights platform that helps businesses understand how and why users are interacting with their app, mobile, and websites. They compute billions of touch and mouse movements and provide brands with everything they need to create memorable, converting digital experiences. Find out more at contentsquare.com. Can't get enough of the Glossy Podcast? Then it's time to check out our other show, the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Each week, Glossy Beauty editor Priya Rao sits down with leaders in the beauty and wellness industries. And this week, she's joined by Lola co-founder Alex Friedman for candid conversations about feminine hygiene and sexual wellness. You can find new episodes of the Glossy Beauty Podcast every Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, Glossy.co, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us any feedback you have. Now, back to the episode. It's funny, I have to say, no, no, every brand is believes that they're pushing in this authenticity, this brand, um, and, and, and any content that they're they're putting out there is authentic to their brand. Like, it's, it's like almost, it's, it's a, it's a, off the table as a question today. And so where do you find with this content that you feel is a very aligned with the brand? It's not a marketing campaign. It's it's not surface level. It really speaks to what your your overall mission is to do. Where is it best situated? Like where do you find is the best way to get that in front of customers in a way that 
you know, and you think about the full, you know, customer experience, what if they interact with the brand on Instagram, and then they send up for an email, like, how do you get this in front of them in a way that makes sense from, you know, because at the end of the day, it is a brand, it's not like a media company. And so you have to think differently about where you fit into that that customer's life. I love your question, because um, this is the mil- this is the billion dollar question. Yes. And what we are actually um, solving at Quiana. And mm-hmm. I can't share a lot yet. Uh, but um, there's Fewer better means something different to every single woman. And I think that's the beauty of fewer better. And how much content and what type of content each woman wants to read or digest and what, you know, even when when in their day or when in their purchase cycle um, is again dependent of every person and I think that the the key is how how do we take those insights and present content to her mm-hmm. in a way that's relevant mm-hmm. um, so we're excited for what's to come but um, but what I can say is that it's it's different for for every customer and every woman. Okay. So you say something in the works. Like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so as you know, this the, the brand you're you know closing in on on in almost ten years. The idea that you know wardrobes should be more curated and I think you know just throwing out words that that brands like to say now it's like streamlined like day to night like you, you know people are so busy you're on the go like you don't have time to make the choices and like you know if you want something that you know is good quality you buy fewer products and and you can rely on this on this brand for for that type of uh you know filling that that need and so as the like space for more minimal simplistic better curated brands has become more crowded does that put different pressures on 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 your brand to scale in a different way like how do you sort of compete without like whenever the the core nature of the brand goes against like you know throwing too much you know at the wall to see what sticks like it, it just goes against that that trend of oh we need you can see the slippery slope of like, oh, we need to add more products. We need to add more products more often. And then you kind of just become lost in the in the noise with a lack of perspective where, you know, older or older brands have kind of ended up. Oh, definitely. That's another great question. Um, and, and something we talk about internally a lot. I think that the number one um, distinguishing factor of the Quiana product and assortment is our razor focus on what we call price per wear. And uh, we truly believe in and are very confident that we have the best in the market. And what that means is for the price that you pay for a product and the amount of times you wear it, we believe we have the lowest uh, price per wear um, that there is. Mm-hmm. And um, and we say that because women wear our products for many years and they wear them every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that all ladders up to just the quality, the position of our cut and sew, all of the vi- small details that make that bag so or, or that product so useful for her. Um, and so having a razor focus on making those essentials so well is something um very, very important and, and, and a competitive advantage um, against you know other brands that maybe also focused on that assortment because doing those products so well is really difficult mm-hmm. uh, and it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the number one thing. The number two thing is that at Quiana, even though um, the core of our assortment is um, this uh, is a, uh, what what you're calling a streamlined um, wardrobe of essentials, we've always peppered. Uh, newness and color and products that may not fit exactly into that um, 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 category. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, um, we actually don't think that, you know, that's the 
the the ultimate closet is a closet of of essential clean pieces. Uh, we as women do want to feel new every so often. We want occasion pieces every so often, and um, and having you know having some of these in our closets is is actually pretty important and makes us feel feminine, confident, and special every so often. Mm-hmm. And that comes out through partnerships and and just sort of one time. Yeah, not we ha- adding to the full collection. Exactly, we have our capsule collections that um, sometimes they're not sold to to everybody, but to 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 a group of our loyal customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we sprinkle them in the fall or the spring, and then every um, seasonal collection has uh, limited edition colors or some designs that are very minimal compared to the majority of our products but they've they've always been sprinkled there and those end up being the special pieces and the cool thing is to see our customers who you know are decked from from top to bottom with with our essentials and that they wear them every day come and show us oh this was you know the summer uh, mm. flounce stop from two years ago and they just like still love it because we make those special pieces in a way that they could still uh, be worn through years but um, they're a little more special and uh um, um, yeah, and 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 our goal and and how we how we view those products, it still has the same philosophy, and that is that if it's a special occasion piece, um, you know, you may not wear it as much as your essentials, mm-hmm. but that product has an afterlife, mm-hmm. and somebody else can use that. And so we have our, our lean closet program that um, that really. Um, uh, motivates our customers to donate those pieces that are treasured by them, but that somebody else, and in this case, um, women uh, who, who receive our donations may may give them a second or third or fourth life. Mm-hmm. So it's figuring out how to do, uh, you know, newness and less, you know, long lasting timeless pieces in a still not a very fast fashion high consumption. Exactly. Way. And quality being the number one thing. Mm-hmm. And but, but- the thread between exactly, the two. and and our values are that, and and the the giving products a long life, mm-hmm. um, and so with those two things, uh, yeah, we, we we can create a very interesting wardrobe, and and different women are going to create different wardrobes from our products. Right, right. So, so so now that we're kind of in this like phase two for for a lot of direct to consumer brands that started in that like 2010, 2015 era of, you know, launching online and, and we kind of see the similar patterns where you, you now you have a retail store um, and, and thinking about, okay, what does this next generation of brands look like 10 years in, 15 years in? So, so you were you receive funding, you're profitable, you have this like content strategy. How would you drill that down into like your brand's like approach to reaching almost getting over that like 10 year marker? Like how, what do you think separates the brands that are going to last from the brands that are just kind of going to be a flash in the plan or, or kind of get acquired and, and disappear under a, a bigger uh, brand machine? Yeah, I think the number one and most important thing is that the brand really means something to consumers and that it's uh, a brand that will stand through time. Um, and I think we're, you know, you mentioned that we're seeing a lot of different brands doing the same. And um, and that that to me uh, sounds like a bubble, right? And, mm-hmm. and and only a few will will be really true brands that have connected with a customer demo and that will last through time and that it's worth to keep those as standalone brands. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is um, 
the North, the North Star that we've always followed, which is profitability, you know, a brand that actually can stand on its own feet. And mm-hmm. by that, I mean a company that can stand on its own feet. Right. Um, because there's been a wave of funding towards direct-to-consumer brands. And I think now the question is, well, how many of these are real businesses mm-hmm. uh, so that we can keep funding those? And how many of those, you know, are just not? And um, think that the, the, the companies that can actually prove real metrics are going to be the ones that may, may be able to continue um, to move along. Mm-hmm. Um, and also who have the choice because, you know, when you're a profitable business, you can keep going mm-hmm. whether you decide to take capital for growth or not. Right, exactly. Um, and so, the, so so I think those are the two key things. And and I didn't, sorry, um, mention this, but as part of a, a longstanding brand, it's a brand that has incredible products. You know, you can't build a brand Without uh, delivering on that promise, mm-hmm. um, and so 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 real razor focus on that, and 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 consistent mm-hmm. delivery of the promises is, is really key. Right. Interesting. So you think that there is still there's like a new billion dollar brand that that Kiana could be. Absolutely. Uh, and the the I think the the key to that is. Um, to never lose true understanding of the customer. Mm-hmm. And that is the advantage of what we're doing with what we're calling the direct-to-consumer um, era, mm-hmm. right? We we have such deep understanding of not only what she wants, but why, that uh, we're able to continue to evolve our brand experience and our product to adjust to her. And I think that that's one of the things that, um, you know, brands that, just stop being relevant uh, are missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's that true understanding of the customer because uh, the customer changes through time. I mean, the world changes, uh, you know, politics affected, the uh, environment changes, everything changes. And um, brands, even though they have a mission and an ethos that needs to continue to be relevant to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, so so that is the advantage of brands like us who know who's buying every one of mm-hmm. our products and we don't lose touch of that and who've enhanced every um, channel and just the, 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 ga- uh, the gathering of data in a very strong way so that we can use that data in our day-to-day to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's interesting because it's not that the, the having of data is an equal playing field. It all depends on what, what you as a company do does with it exactly and, and how that's going to be the competitive advantage moving forward so before we were out of time what is next on your on your to-do list in this path to being a, a billion dollar brand what's, what's <laughs> coming up next well we're super excited about retail as, as the number one uh, we actually believed in retail since 2013 mm. when direct to consumer cool again yeah <laughs> when direct to consumer was was being built to be online only back then we actually opened our first store then and uh, we you know the, the, our consumer is the consumer is going to continue to go uh, to a brick and mortar store and, and purchase um, our vision is that online is going to be the majority of sales mm-hmm. but um, our next phase is to continue to invest in the in in the physical channel um, in a way that uh, creates a seamless experience between online and retail. Um, and so so that's number one. The second thing is Fear Better is such a um, it's 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 such an aspirational philosophy, and it includes it's it's everything, right? And so when you think of how to apply that into our day to day, today we have accessories and uh, apparel, but um, the product options are are, 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 are so many. Mm-hmm. And so we are excited to continue to invest and in, and in, uh, into our product assortment and new categories. 
interesting yeah great well thank you so much for chatting i really enjoyed it thank you and thank you for listening we'll be back next week with another episode special thanks to gianna cappadona the producer of this podcast if you've been enjoying the glossy podcast and aren't a glossy plus subscriber yet it's time to consider joining to get access to all of glossy's content member events ticket discounts slack chats and more as a reward for listening, use the code Hillary25 at glossy.co slash plus to get 25% off an annual subscription. That's H-I-L-A-R-Y 25 at glossy.co slash plus. And as always, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Anchor FM and leave us any feedback you have. <laughs>